Hi, this is going to be such a episode. I'm going to just lay it all out there on this alcohol-free giving up drinking journey. And the reason I want to is I know how social media and perception can be, but man, this was the fucking hardest thing I've ever done. And I just want to share some context of where I was just to help others know that you can pull yourself out of some shit. Now, before I go on any further, hit the follow button, babies. Like, hit it. Hit it hard. The podcast is growing slowly but surely, and I'm excited to keep showing up for all of you and provide you with value. I'm really proud of the stuff I've done, and the only reason I'm not trying to like just like dump bragging on anyone, but I'm proud of it because I've truly accomplished it, and you see just a lot of fake shit out there, and... I want to help others get through that stuff too. No matter what journey they're on, I just, I truly love helping people. Like, just lights me up. It does. And I, in my previous job, I was a leader. And this is just an example. I knew I wanted to be a leader after I I got into the role. You never know until you're in it. And I helped someone find success and helped someone close their first sale. And it was so rewarding. I like cried, teared up. It just like brought me all this joy. And it wasn't because they made a sale. It was because I've helped them accomplish something. And that was the really key moment that I knew that the path for me was to help others. If it wasn't, I could just go back to worrying about my own business and selling my own shit or selling something, right? That's the difference between selling like a product and leading people to sell a product or leading a sales team because it's it's quite challenging. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about my journey with alcohol. I want to share I want to share with you some of the lowest points of my life and what made me want to quit drinking and then some things that I've learned along the way. I think it's going to be really helpful just because you know, now it's been seven years today. I'm recording this seven years today since I've had a drink. And the reason I want to share my path and where I was is because I don't know (laughs) if people understand the full grasp of the situation, just because now seven years later, it's been a while. I don't talk about it a lot anymore. And I don't think people know how low I was. And I want to share that just because I feel like we're in this spot now where people are really sad and lonely and low and going through some dark shit. And I want you to know you can pull yourself out. And then I'm going to give you some lessons that I learned along the way. And I've learned learned so many. I can't even, there's no price to them because the lessons I've learned have been so impactful on my life and they keep coming at me. They keep coming at me, especially when you share your stuff publicly, it's difficult. I have this one, I'll, I'll start with this. I have this one person on Facebook who I've now blocked, but had like fake profile. I looked at their page and like had like no mutual friends, you know, like no real friends, a few people, no pictures. Like there is one picture, but I don't even know if that's what they look like. I don't know who's behind this person. And I hope they're listening to this now. Cause I don't care. I think their name's Connor bank with an E and the reason I'm saying this is because this is what people do. It's it's someone behind this person has left me messages, comments, calling me fake, calling me a fraud, calling me all these things that I have no idea what they're talking about. 
if they were a real person and wanted to have this conversation, they could, they could talk to me like, like, you know, like a man or whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't care. I can have these conversations. You know, and I think we all make, we all make choices. We all make mistakes. I've never been perfect. I've had my moments too, but to call me a fake and a fraud and all that stuff is just wild and kind of hilarious to me. And people for a while thought I was like a sober coach taking money for, for coaching sober. I've never done that. There's like this weird, don't do that. It's like, it's supposed to be like, like an AA, like free giving back. I've never been a sober coach. <laughs> I don't know where that's come from. Just because I have coached people and I'm sober does not mean I coach people on sobriety. I don't because I've done it very non-traditionally and I'm happy to talk about that. I didn't, I didn't do AA. doesn't work for me. Didn't do any treatments. I just stopped and it's Yeah. Everyone's journey is different and I support the differences in journeys. You do what works for you and what works for me is different than what works for someone else. So I'm going to kick this episode off. I'm really excited to talk about this journey and once again, hit that follow button, share with someone that might need to hear this. I know a lot of people are struggling and it can help someone get through that part of their life. Welcome to iSlay. This is your personal growth hub and we are all in on you all in on your goals and your vision, and we're gonna help you build it every step of the way. Here at iSlay, our motto is, if it doesn't help you slay, we don't do it, baby. What I really wanted to do is build a brand and make personal development and health and wellness fun and sexy because that is what it is. And this brand is a feeling. Make sure to hit that follow button, share on your social media, share it with someone that can find value in this. Thanks for tuning in and why don't we get started? Just one more thing before I start. The reason I said that person's name is because it's clearly a fake profile. I would never like throw someone's personal information off there. It's very fake, clearly. Also, dude, it's like I put my name on everything. My website, my Instagram, my Facebook, my link, it's all Samuel Gagan. I got nothing to hide. So come for me. I don't care. And, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. So I want to talk about the place I was in when I quit drinking, it was sad and it was was such a dark life, dark time ongoing for me from age 29 and younger. I just a little backstory. I grew up in a very small town, very religious. I knew I was gay, very young. I mean, I developed these negative relation, this negative relationship with alcohol, not to mention addiction and alcoholism runs on both sides of my family. I've had family members pass away because of this disease. So, you know, the odds are not, are not in my favor. And I started drinking when I was like 16, 15, just to like wine coolers, like Mike's hard lemonade. And I remember I liked the feeling just because it allowed me to kind of escape, you know, that feeling of like, Oh, I'm going to drink to escape reality. We've all done it. I, I feel like, well, maybe not all of us, but think about it when you're having a hard day or you're, you're like stressed or whatever. It's like, it's easy to just grab a drink. That's how I was. So high school, it was fine. I started to get into like a little bit of blackout here and there, nothing crazy, but some were crazy, got grounded a lot. And I, I did start to drink a lot and I've, I've relied on it for all social settings, all of them. I mean, even going to a, a freaking movie, we would bring in like tequila and stuff. So it was pretty, pretty sad for me. I, when I quit, I had to relearn all my social skills and my confidence and, and people skills because I was so used to doing that under, under alcohol. And I think that's really common. Now people have to have that drink, not 
everyone. This isn't like stereotyping anyone at all. I'm just saying in general, people have the drink to kind of calm down and be a little bit more social. And that's, that's normal. That's just how things kind of are in the culture. So I had to relearn this. It's like Bambi learning how to walk again. So as I went on through growing up, I graduated, I went to college in my first year, I got really into partying. It was college and I blacked out a lot more. I got my first DUI. Parents were devastated. I was only 19 years old. Then I went to K-State. So I went to a community college my first year and I went to K-State and just progressively kept drinking like normal, like, hey, we're in college and, you know, vodka and Mountain Dew and just getting hammered and all the stuff. It was, it was, it was a very big, big part of my life. And it was something I would do probably three, four days a week starting on like Wednesdays or Thursdays, you know, Thursday, Thursdays is a big thing in college and then just keeping going and a lot of Sunday fun days, a lot of them. And I remember there was this one point where it was my last year of college and this was kind of my first moment of like, wow, maybe this isn't cool. I woke up and it was like a Sunday morning and I started drinking by myself on a Sunday morning. And I think about that time and it was just really sad for me. And then I ended up getting another DUI and had to put a breathalyzer on my car. Between the two DUIs, I was 19 and 22 when I got them. I got a couple MIPs, minor in possessions. So I've had a, several run-ins with the law in regards to alcohol-related incidents. So then I moved back home after graduating and I was 22 and just kept going and party, party, party. And I remember when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, I got really smashed and drove to her hospital bed at like four in the morning. And she doesn't, I don't think she even remembers I was there, but I like, I was so lit driving across Wichita, 30 minute drive, wasted and just like shit like that. And the minute when I started to like really rely on alcohol for a lot of things and I would drink a lot in the morning or by myself or not eat I mean, not stop and not be able to control it. I knew there was an issue and it didn't get any better because it doesn't. And for me, it's, it's like, I have to either have zero drinks or like a hundred. It's like, it's no like, Oh, let's just have one. And I've tried to have one. I have to consciously think about it and it's like I hit a goal like, oh, I only had one. I can manage this and the next time I'm getting shit faced. So for me, I just could not manage it and that's what you see with alcoholics. Like they can't just have that one. They can't do it. So if you're not an alcoholic or you don't have a problem with alcohol, don't ask someone that. Just don't ask them. The answer is no. The answer is no. Let them let them manage it how they need to. But if, you know, if someone's like, oh, can you just have one? The answer is no. No, I cannot just have one. Not the case with everyone, but this is the case with me. Then, you know, there was a period in my mid-20s where I stopped. I was like, no more drinking. And I stopped for a good six months and I started dating this, this guy and I started drinking again because it's just what we did. And there's just been crazy moments. I started a new job for KU Medical Center and I got so drunk so high I passed out at the table full of PhDs like embarrassing stuff at my old job I you know 
I threw a headset at someone. I was drunk on a Saturday drinking vodka at work. And the reason I'm sharing you this is it's not just like, oh, I wanted to quit drinking because I wanted to like look good or be fit or whatever. It's I had a true problem with it. And I just remember the last weekend I drank, it was the weekend after the election where Trump first won, 2016. And it was just a dark feeling, like a dark time in, in the country. And I, it was the weekend of my mom's birthday, just a drunk fest and, you know, make my mom cry and get in fights with people. And I missed work and yelled at my boss and I got a promotion or uh, something like ripped away from me. And I'm like, this is it. I'm I'm done. Like it's 29 years old. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, I have too big a goals. I love to be healthy and fitness. And this does not line up with who I want to be. So on November 14th, 2016 was my first day with no alcohol. And today it's November 14th, 2023, seven years later. And I'm really grateful to be in this spot now. I wouldn't have had a happy ending. My body was not good. It may have looked okay physically, okay, mediocre. But I remember one time I was... I had a big bender weekend and my body did not feel good at all. Shaking. I could feel in my stomach. Like I could feel my kidneys in my lip, like throbbing. My best friend came over. I was freaking out, had all this anxiety. I thought I had to go to the ER. Like I thought my body was shutting down and it scared the shit out of me. And in 28, 29 years old, I'm like, I can't do this. And all the things that I've done, I don't remember them because I was so blacked out. And I'm like, I'm not living my life like this. So I stopped. And it was hard, but simple. And the reason I say simple is because it was just, it, I had to. Simple because, wow, the, the, the clarity and the peace that come with it are so inspiring and empowering and addicting. And first of the few things after I quit drinking, what happened, it was hard to turn down people. We all people, please recovering people, please are here. Totally. So just kind of like isolating away from my party friends was, was really difficult and being in total isolation. I didn't do much. I stayed in, I stayed in and I just focused on me and focused. I just focused on work. I'm like, okay, busy season at work. I'm just going to focus on work and making money. And that's what I did. And then, you know, as you process this alcohol out and you start to like feel a little better, you start to get, you start, start to get just this mental clarity, less foggy. And it's, it's really amazing because it's just like, wow, I can feel like I can think clear because before I was on this roller coaster, I was on this up and down roller coaster. It was like, okay, I'd start drinking like Thursday or Friday and binge drinking. So that means we go into Saturday Sunday, fun day. And then Monday, it's like, boom, a train hit me. So Monday, I was feeling like crap. And then Tuesday, I was feeling like crap. And then Wednesday, I was st- starting to finally feel a little bit better. And it just doesn't, doesn't get any better as you get older. Because you're really screwing with your body's systems. And then, so Wednesday night, I was feeling better. Thursday, feeling great. And then boom, all over again. So it's like I was on this roller coaster up and down, not just physically, but mentally and anxiety, all of it. Depression, it was not great. So 
as I went on throughout my journey, it was just something that time, more time helps it get better. But the thing I wouldn't let myself do and the thing I needed to remember the most is no matter how much I had a grip on this, I could not return. And I think that's where people think they got it. They're like, I can do this now. If you had a problem like I had, you just can't. I'm I'm just going to tell you the truth. You just can't. And I think we tend to rationalize it. I could totally say right now, oh, I could control it. But I know that's not true. I know I would not. I know I would go ham. I just know it. Even today, seven years later. So you have to really come to terms with that. Like I said, if you had the problem I had where you, the best way to evaluate this is if you can't control alcohol, it controls you. Like that's, that was the problem I had. And I just know even to this day, if I tried it, it would not be great. It would not work out. So that's kind of my story with this alcohol journey. And I'm so thankful to have done it and continue to go down this path. And to this day, it does like today, it's like, I know I, I don't even want it. I've totally like reprogrammed my mind. I don't know. It's a weird feeling, but it's like, I don't have any cravings. I'm not like, Oh, a beer sounds great. Or, Oh, I want, maybe I'll just, you know, try it. No, I like, I don't even have it, but it's about my mindset around it. And I look at all the beautiful things that I've gotten because of giving up drinking. And people oftentimes think of the things that they miss out on. You're not missing out on anything. Like the parties aren't that fun. The the drinking, like I think about the partying, that that sounds no fun. It doesn't. And I like waking up on a Saturday or Sunday morning feeling fucking great, having my coffee and reading a book. <laughs> I sound like an old lady, but I am. And I just feel great. And to me, you just can't talk me into drinking and I, nor do I want to at this point in my life. There is no desire. And I'm not saying that is the case with everything. I think there are some issues with how people go about quitting drinking. And when I mean issues, I mean, you just have to do what works for you. But I'm going to tell you one of the the things that I have, and I'm I, this is not to like ruffle feathers on anyone that belongs to like a, a support group or AA, but I think the problem with that is you become so reliant on going to these meetings and, and focusing so hard on the fact that you're not drinking. I don't want to focus on that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't even want to give my life to it. Doesn't mean I don't want to heal. Doesn't mean I don't want community. Doesn't mean I don't support it. I support it 1000% if it works for you. doesn't work for me. I don't want to go into a room and talk to people about not drinking. Like I just don't want to do it. doesn't mean I won't show up and support others, but it's just not for me. So I hope people that need to hear that do. Because there is more than one ways to get to 10. 7 plus 3 equals 10. 5 plus 5 equals 10. Like you can figure out the way that works for you. Now I want to talk a little bit about some of the lessons I've learned. Because (laughs) there are a lot. I'm not going to keep it too long. But these are the ones that you need to hear. So I want to talk about a few things I learned through this journey. I've learned so much. And sometimes the tougher the journey. And it doesn't have to be my journey. Right? So me quitting drinking was the toughest journey for Sam. Your, your journey could be totally different, but it's still relevant. It's relevant in the fact that the tougher the journey for you personally, the more reward you get and the more lessons you get along the way. Here are a few of the lessons that I learned and I want to share. <laughs> Number one, no one is coming to save you. And I'm sure if you're like me, that's really into growth and personal development and just being your best, tapping into your potential, no one will save you, period. Period. That's been my mindset with everything. 
I'll use a totally different situation. My student loans. I paid them off $75,000 in student loans in like 2019 through my commissions, through my sales job. And my mindset was that no one's going to take care of this for me. And I'm not waiting for the government. Guess what? I would still be waiting. I would still be waiting because they're not doing shit about it. It's four years later and I haven't had that debt for four years. So that saved me way more money anyways. So no one is coming to save you. The second thing is when you decide you want something or you want more, you have to never let anything get in your way. Don't let anything get in your way. Don't let any person stop you. Don't let any person get in your way, place or thing or work or whatever it is. When I want something or I desire something, and I'm not talking about things, I'm talking about purpose, really, goals. I'm not talking about like a car or something stupid. I'm talking about like quitting drinking or working for myself, starting a business. Nothing will get in my way. And if you get in my way, get out of it because I'm not here for it. And that was my mindset with drinking is if you don't support it, get the fuck out of my life. <laughs> like, I don't care. This is the most important thing to me as a human. Nothing will stop me from it. And if you try or you don't support it, there is no space for you in my life. None. Zero. No questions. Same with my business. You get the fuck in my way of my business or you sat, try, like, there's the energy's not matching, just girl by. And I'm not saying that as you're a bad person necessarily. I'm saying as I, I, this is important to me. And if you want space in my life, you have to prioritize that importance as well. And I would do the same for people close in my life. If someone in my life that's really close wants to do something, I'm going to support the shit out of them. That's their dream. It's their goal. It's not mine. And that's something I think people need to hear. They need to hear that because sometimes they put it off as, as like pleasing others. And I'm like, I'm not going to go out and sacrifice my, my sobriety, my alcohol-free lifestyle because it's more comfortable for you, for me to drink. Screw that. And I hope that resonates with a lot of you guys listening because it's the fucking truth. And here's the last one. And I want to list a lot because there's so many. I can't encapsulate the lessons I've learned and want to and want to help others learn and, and translate as well. But this last one, you need to hear me on this. Life is beautiful, amazing, and short. There is no reason that you should be doing things that don't bring you pure joy and fulfillment and happiness and purpose. And I hope that that sits with you. And that is something I've learned on all the journeys is I exercise because I love it because it brings me joy. It makes me feel good. It's good for my mental health. It's all of those things. I left my job because I wanted to start a business. I'm like, I have to, like, this is driving me. It's driving me insane. I can't stop thinking about it. I have to do it. What do I have to lose? Nothing. I have everything to gain. Same with quitting drinking. I, I did not want to live like this. So I'm going to fucking change it. And I did, uh, same with 
financial. I wanted to build up enough funds and money so I could quit my job or I could buy whatever I want or eat however I want. Not really buy shit, but like I want to be able to eat the food I want to eat. I want to be able to live free. And that's all motivated me. And I'm in this spot now where I'm living it. And it's not to brag. It's to show you that it can be done. And when we're in a space of fulfillment and purpose and we're accomplishing the things that are deeply rooted and important to us, it is the most fulfilling thing ever. And you deserve that. You deserve to have that fulfillment and that peace and that joy and that happiness. And if I can help you get there, I would love to be a part of that. So thanks for tuning into this podcast. I am so fired up. I didn't script this one at all. I don't script really any of them. Just so you know, I kind of have like an outline sometimes and then I just go. But this one just came from the heart. I wanted to share with you my journey a little bit more in depth and the struggles I had because on tattooed on my side of my body, on my ribs, I have like these vines um, and roots and along the vines it says where there's no struggle, there's no strength. And I've built a lot of strength through my struggles and you can too. And I, I'm rooting for you. So make sure to hit that follow button, share this with someone that might need it and Thank you for tuning into this vulnerable journey story of mine. I'm glad I could share it with you. I'm glad I have the strength to share it. I wish, you know, I want other people to feel empowered to share their their vulnerable side more because it's your strength. As Brene, Brene, Brene Brown says, vulnerability is, is courageous. It's beautiful. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day and keep showing up for yourself. Keep showing up for yourself.